Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to Ryan's Instant Podcast with me, Zach Eaton, and the skipper, Jonathan Nimmo, for episode 69 of our podcast. And feel free to crack some jokes in the comments on Twitter and all of that jazz if you wish to do so. You're immature enough to do that, because we are. So we've done it just before we hit record. um, We got it all out of the way. We We got it all out of the way before we started recording. But... um, (laughs) Yes, welcome. And we've got a bit of a, well, we've got a special episode, another one of um, Nemo's interviews with, um, well, tell us a little bit about the guest. I'm quite excited to. We do. This is, this is, it's a very exciting one. Um, So we are, well, we are, I am talking to uh, Melissa Story, who is a 21 year old, um, well, she's cricket player, commentator. She does pretty much everything. She is possibly the person who is most cricket nuts as, as we are i think she she rivals our levels of insanity on cricket um <laughs> which is great but she is you know she's captain of uh, um uh, uh her local team which we get into um and they've just won the league which is great um and she has this summer got into commentating which is predominantly what we're talking about is a bit of a commentator special as, as we do occasionally um but she also just made her debut on uh, Test Match Special, um, the, wow. the radio commentary on uh, on BBC Radio, which is, as, as I said, a national institution. Um, and she has set the record, or we believe she set the record. The TMS uh, researchers believe that she is the youngest ever commentator on TMS, wow. which is amazing. Um and again, we get into a little bit of that and, and how that came about, her route into commentary, which was not a planned one for her, which was, is, is, you know, going to be an, an interesting one to see what she's got to say about that. Um, but yeah, and just we talk all things cricket, really. So, yeah. Be, Love it. She's, she's, yeah, she's an excellent, excellent guest. And I think everyone's going to really enjoy this. So, yeah. Well, it sounds like an amazing conversation and, um, you know, a cricketer with a bright future ahead in, in either commentating or playing as well, which is always 
definitely. Messi. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. And and yes, we, we uh, can't strike either very well. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she she she's as enthusiastic as we are, but where we don't have any sort of talent for 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 anything really <laughs> let's be honest she's 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 got both of our talents uh quantities and just taken them and run with them and yeah so yeah she, she's got it all whereas we just occasionally remember to hit record on some of our conversations and yes ramble on about cricket every now and again so um yeah i mean i definitely feel like she should be the one with the the cricket podcast rather than us but hey there you go <laughs> that's life it's a strange world we live in but we are very very pleased to to have her um as guest and uh yeah it, it's uh yeah shall we shall we pass over and get into that and then yeah, we'll, we'll come back at the end and uh have a quick chat and you know say bye to everyone really sounds amazing let's have a listen okay so here it is here is my interview with melissa story well, I am extremely delighted to, to be joined by um, Melissa Story, who you are, well, you've got a whole raft, despite extremely young age, you've got a whole raft of accolades to, to be introduced by. You are, I believe, Hursley Park Cricket Club captain, uh, league winning cricket club captain. Uh, so congratulations on that. And um, debutant on on commentator on TMS. And from what I heard, and I'm going to entirely trust TMS's um uh, research on this but you're the youngest ever commentator um on on tms is, is that right yes yeah, i mean we're not 100 percent sure yet i think it was actually the day before when i was doing the rachel hey ho flint final someone did come up to me and he had heard about it and gone i have a slight suspicion you are the youngest and i actually saw him the next day and just i think half an hour before i went on air he was like you are the youngest no pressure and i was like brilliant <laughs> thank you so much um as you said, it's a nice little accolade to put on the side there, a little record under the belt almost. Definitely, definitely. And, and, and you know, up, up there with uh, some esteemed names in cricket commentary, Christopher Martin Jenkins, we believe you have beaten the record of. So that that's not a bad uh, way to start your, your career in uh, commentating, is it? Oh, I don't say that. I, I mean, a lot of pressure to live up to. Um, but, yeah, it's, I mean, just being able to... Some of the people I've had the chance to meet this summer, and especially at that TMS game, it was incredible. I don't think I'd ever, ever imagined a version of my life where I would be sat in the same room as those kind of people. So, I mean, now saying that I can work, you know, I work with them, that's absolutely mental to me. I'm not sure it's quite settled in yet. <laughs> no, well, and I have to say, you were fantastic and you slotted in so perfectly and we will get in-depth into what that was like because um you know i'm absolutely jealous and definitely want to know all about it and how it was and what the goings on behind the scenes are but yeah you you were absolutely brilliant and you just slotted in and and just seemed to be part of the family immediately which which was fantastic oh thank you um but let's 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 sort of rewind a little bit before we start getting into that and and go back to sort of well your journey into cricket i guess and, and what what got you started and what got you interested in, in, in cricket and, and how did you, you know, begin begin your journey? Um, I think the biggest influence is my family is just one of those cricket families. I think my dad, he's been playing since he was a child as well. And every Saturday, me and my sister would be at the club, would be in the nets, just throwing the ball around, figuring things out. I mean, I think my mum was even the scorer and sometimes played if they were short as well. So there was cricket on the radio, cricket on the TV, every family function, wedding, 
would always under, end up playing a cricket game. I think at my auntie's wedding, I was a bridesmaid and we were playing a game of cricket and I was so desperate not to be run out. I went and did a full length dive and have permanently stained my bridesmaid dress all with grass stains, but I wasn't run out. Um, well, that's so, all that matters really. In, in the grand scheme of things, that is the, the key bit of information, isn't it? You know, so. So I guess it was inevitable that I was going to get into sport and my sister, she played for a few years as well, but I guess kind of faded out in that age where, especially in women's, I think you either progress on or you completely stop. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't be in the place I am now without my dad, to be honest. He's been that pushing force to just be like, let's just keep going, trying, even the bits where it gets a bit harder, you have a bit of a slump, just keep going. And uh, I just... I don't think I think my life would be so boring. I always joke that it's my one personality trait is like in cricket when I meet new people. I'm like, I'm sorry, but there is nothing behind that. I mean, even when I was younger, I think England was playing in the UAE for a test match. And I went and stayed up all night and slept during the day just to watch. I think when Alistair Cook got that 200 off about a thousand balls and somehow stayed up to watch it. And I was like, this is not normal 14, 15 years later. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. Everything in the universe was telling me to go towards cricket. Excellent. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. As as somebody with a definite reputation for basically my one topic of conversation is cricket. I mean, I will meet new people and they're like, you're, you're the cricket person. I'm like, yes, that's me. I'll, I'll, I'll take that. Absolutely. You know, my reputation precedes me. There's nothing wrong with, 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 with that being your personality trait in the slightest. So that's great. So, and I guess from there, you went on to University of Southampton where you were involved in the cricket team there as well. Yeah, um, so my first main team was Wiltshire, um, which is where I am at the moment, kind of based. Um, there I went from under 11s all the way up to women's. Um, and, that, you know, they were so responsible for lots of my development. Um, then I somehow went towards Southampton, I think. When I was still at Wiltshire, I got to trial for the Seven Vipers Academy. Um, and I was in that for two, three years, which kind of shuffled my base over to Southampton. And then... I guess, uh, facilitated my move from Wiltshire to Hampshire, which Wiltshire, they operate in the Div 3 and Hampshire had just gone up to Div 1. So I kind of saw it as a natural progression to move over there. And consequently, actually, I, University of Southampton wasn't my first choice. Um, I wanted to go to Leeds. A lot of most of my family are from Yorkshire. Uh, there was a good cricket set up there. And when I found out I got into Southampton, I was actually really disappointed at first. But I mean, it worked out well for, for Hampshire and as you mentioned, the University of Southampton ladies, I think that would probably be the thing I'm proudest of in cricket, weirdly enough, because when I joined that team in my first year, there was 11 of us. And when I left, I got to be team captain in my second year, president in my third year, and there was 42 members. And actually, um, the bun fight's going on for this year today, and I've been kind of asking them, how's it going? How many have signed up? And so many girls have signed up to the club already this year, which is just fantastic news. That, that, I mean, that's amazing, and that's 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 fantastic achievement for, for you to have started that that growth and development, and see that see that go on from there. So, was it what? what how did you do that? What was the, was it? Just your natural enthusiasm for for the game? Is that what it was, or, or is is it a sign of the game growing? In you know, women's game in particular, growing at the same time? Is it just kind of married up nicely? I think there was yeah a few factors. I mean, the England ladies win in the World Cup. That was quite a big thing. So I remember when we were trying to advertise our society we were like did you watch that and a lot of people didn't actually even the men's 
final as well a lot of people were like oh yeah my mum and dad put it on in the background I got to see that and that brought quite a few in someone brought in I mean we've got such a fantastic coach he's um he coaches the Hampshire disability team as well uh Graham Dodsworth and he does all of our uni girls stuff and he's just the loveliest funniest man on earth so I think as soon as people do one training session with him they're just drawn back and then our final tactic was even if you don't know cricket or you can't play cricket we drink a lot so come along and do that and then the cricket will just follow naturally after that so as long as we keep pursuing those tactics and hopefully the uni will just keep growing and I mean we've got some names with our setup this year Charlie Dean obviously who made her England debut she plays for the university team when she can obviously it's a great advocate and actually um, Ellen McCacken who also plays for the Southern Vipers has just joined Southampton so yeah, it's it's a, it's a strong team being put out this year. I'm very glad yeah. I'm not playing against them, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely, and 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 that's it. And it's it's such a great. Um, there's so many uh, really great stories that have come out over over this summer in particular. And um, yeah, we will we will get into talking about the hundred in, in a little bit. And um, yeah, it, it just the, the way that the great game has grown and progressed over over the last you know, 12, 18 months, which is crazy, given the fact that it has been COVID and, and everything as well has, has been fantastic. But yeah, there's, there's been some great progress. And as you say, the, the women's team and the, and the women's, uh, you know, England World Cup wins and, and things have been, you know, really good and, and hopefully lots of growth growth around cricket. So that that's fantastic. But let's go to, 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 to switch slightly into the commentary uh, side of things. So how did you start getting involved in the commentating side of things? Because that's been quite an, uh, <laughs> a rise for you again. Uh, you know, that's... Uh, uh, really, really quick, and you know, into into getting into TMS commentary. So, how did how did that start? I mean, it was an absolute whirlwind. At the start of the summer, I was basically lining up my cleaning job, which I did in 2020, ready to take that on. Um, and I got a message actually from Charlotte Taylor of the Seven Vipers and Emily Windsor, who also does the commentary in Vipers. And they were both they're actually usually commentators on the side, but because of the the Vipers and the Rachel Hayhoe Flint and Charlotte Edwards Cup, they um, wanted someone else to kind of step into the box, another female voice um, for the games they couldn't do. Um, so first up, they literally just said, just come in for this one game. You know, we can't promise anything, especially if you're rubbish. Um, and yeah, so I got to do it with Phil Green, who's my manager at Hersey Park. That was so much fun. Um, and I guess, I, you know, it was complete luck. I feel so grateful and feel like all my ducks in the past have built up to this moment of good luck. Um and yeah, since then they kind of went, OK, let's give you a few more trials on the women's games to begin with. Um, I mean, cause BBC Solent, who you know, I owe everything to, they do such a good job with the women's game. I think they're the only local radio who cover every single women's game. Even if there's a men's game on at the same day, they will find a way to get the team out there, which is fantastic. And they've also brought in Gemma Green as well, um, I guess especially on the women's games. They like a female voice, which is completely understandable. We know the players a bit more. It's an entirely different ball game in some respects. Um, and yeah, I just expected for just a few women's games across the year. And then Kevin James, who runs it all, kind of asked me and was like, look, do you fancy doing a couple men's games? We'll set you up with a day in the county championship, which I was so excited for. And um, and a T20 blast game as well, which he did kind of say, look, this one's going to be quite a challenge. Um, the county championship, I love the longer format. I was so excited and getting to do stuff with the, the Surrey commentator, Mark Church. He's 
a delight and I learned so much just from those days because I guess in the longer form it's just a conversation you can probably already tell that I can chat for England by now once I get going um but yeah the men's T20 was uh, a bit of a slap to the face suddenly the the pace the whole game just went in um yeah it was a it was a shock to the system and I guess it's just gone from there every um away commentator I meet at the end of it I kind of go look what can I do to improve is there any things which were good or bad and I'm probably you know bothering them quite a lot but I'm just desperate to keep improving and I think it was when Hampshire just sealed through to the qualifiers Kev kind of messaged me and was like that's me and you we've got to go do this now and I mean, I've never been to Trent Bridge before, but I think that game's probably the highlight of my season in, in terms of all the games. But yeah, it's, it's been crazy, and I, let alone, wouldn't have expected TMS at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, well, quite, quite, quite the icing on the cake, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I was, I was going to ask there about what, how it sounds as if it, it was just kind of a natural talent and ability, and the fact that you can talk, talk, talk about cricket, which is uh, a great thing, but. Uh, what what are the other things that you what are the tips that you have got from from some of those other commentators and what are the things that you've worked on? I was going to say in your, your long career in commentating, as I said, those good warm ups. Um, <laughs> I mean, one thing's like certain bits of intrinsic kind of feedback I do is I do like to bring like quite quirky stats and sometimes to the game. Um, I like doing research, so this was perfect for me. I think I've mentioned air once, but in year six I did an entire project based on the previous Ashes series from like the 50s onwards. Um, so I always knew that I could bring that dimension in. But um, for example, Mark Church, he said, it seems, you know, basic stuff, but it's like the people you were talking to on the radio, they want to be at the game, but they can't be. You've got to make it feel as if they are sat in the audience right there. Describe everything you can just see. Describe the field, describe what the bowler looks like and just bring this picture to life. And, you know, that's, the first moment I was like, wow, almost like a Henry Blofeld kind of, you've got to just paint this scene in front of everyone listening. Um, so I just started practicing even on when the cricket was on the TV. I was looking in the crowd going, what can I speak about? What's around me at the ground? And I think Emily Windsor also gave me a good bit of advice, actually, when we met up, which was once you've commentated the delivery and the ball, go over it and describe exactly what happened afterwards again which just really paints in detail I guess um the scene other tips have been more slightly boring ones for example get a bit better at identifying the players because I'm absolutely fine in the women's game because ponytails make such a difference as soon as you get in the men's game and everyone's got the exact same haircut I was clueless um so I've, I've had to improve a bit better at that and I I mean even a bit of advice I got um on TMS from that one game, I was I got to chat to Daniel Norcross at the end, and he was giving me some really good tips about transitions and handovers, which I didn't think I'd really ever have to think about at this stage. Yeah, and and, and that's amazing, and um, yeah, it, it, it sounds like you've had some, had some real real good tips and advice, and 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 yeah, and I have to say that that, that it is that that there's something special about sort of radio commentary in, in particular, isn't there, in terms of yeah, is that painting that picture, letting people know? And it's it's so often people's certainly potentially older generation than, than yourself in terms of how we first got into cricket, is because there wasn't t- cricket on TV in the, in the same way that they see that particularly this summer has been a lot more, but there hasn't been previously. So so that radio commentary has has really been sort of people's first you know 
experience of cricket, I guess. And and it is. And it, people have such a you know a place in their hearts with 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 you know TMS in particular, but in general, just cricket, radio, and cricket. And and yeah, it's it's great to you know be involved in that. I guess. Yeah. Um, one of my, I mean, my biggest family straight is we watch the cricket, but we turn down the sky and put up the radio, which I'm sure many, many people do do that around the country. As you say, it's got radio commentary, just hits different. It is, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm glad I'm not alone in doing that. So I'm always, always liking hear, hearing other people do that as well, because people do look at me strange if they're not into cricket. We're like, why, why are you doing that? I'm like, no, there's something you'll see. It's something special about it. So, um, so was, was it something that you'd always thought about commentating? Was, was that uh, an avenue you'd wanted to explore, or was it just the opportunity came up and you, you jumped at it? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I've always joked around as a kid that we would commentate in the car and stuff, but I'd never even considered media or broadcasting. Um, I actually, a few months before, had just sorted out my pathway to becoming a solicitor, which is what I want to do um, predominantly. So when they suddenly popped up two months later, I was like, oh, OK, <laughs> there's a bit of a crossroads here. But yeah, it's, I mean, as you say, I just was like, this is an unmissable opportunity. And at the end of the day, I would be spending my weekends anyway watching cricket most likely so the least I can do is have a bit of a laugh with people and just have a go at a new skill and I'm so glad I did. Yeah excellent so for, 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 for some well for many people I think um, um, what they won't quite know what what the preparation and the research that goes into commentating can you can you talk a little bit about what what kind of you have to do in, in terms of when you're when you're preparing for a game? Absolutely um Obviously, it depend, depending on the format, um, there's some things you do for every game. Look at the team sheets, um, kind of provisionally look at the squad, which 14-man squads usually announce the day before. Um, so you'll write down all the names and numbers, and as you get there and the team's announced, you kind of cross out, write down the batting order. That's a pretty basic one. Um, for me, I like to look up and each game update the the batting averages, bowling averages, look at the tables before the cricket game and just in general actually I um, originally set up this new cricket account uh, on Twitter just to follow as many analysts and commentators as possible and just kind of actually get I guess cricketing news as well and what's relevant because especially in county championship I'll, I'll write down probably about four pages of you know conversation topics or questions to ask people and Oh, my favourite one is, especially in counter championship, ways to try and get the, the listener almost involved. And I think that worked really well in a couple games, actually. One was uh, Hampshire versus Yorkshire in a four day game. We apparently that was some, some of the most interaction they've ever got from people listening. Cause we were going on northern southern stereotypes Um which, of course, endless opportunities. I think I gained a few Yorkshire friends in that um, other one, like in the North, uh, I think it was Nottinghamshire game, we had someone tweet in about a random encounter with James Tomlinson, the Hampshire ex-fast bowler, and suddenly we had people tweeting in saying what their random meetings with cricketers were, which I think culminated in someone using the urinal between Michael Atherton and Nasser Hussein. Um, so it was wonderful stuff like that. And yeah, it's prep. It's realising, I guess, what your format is. If it's T20, I'll, I'll try and write down more snappier things to say in between overs uh, for when I'm doing that summary role. Um, but for County Championship, yeah, it's, it's a bit more prep, but I, I absolutely love it. Yeah, that's that's it. And it, it is very different. And it's, it's that quite a daunting thing when you've got 
a long period, you know, you've got a full full day's worth of, of, of play and you don't know what's going to happen in there. You don't know what rain delays you might have or what anything else. How, how much can you prepare for for things like that and for big, long, long gaps? Or do you just have to kind of go with it and, and see what happens and, and, and experience it and think on your feet, kind of? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is thinking on the feet. I'm very much a person who loves to prepare and be organised, but sometimes something will happen and you'll just look at the pages in front of you and go, I've got nothing of relevance now. So I've just got to, as you say, think on your feet and kind of think up topics on the spot. Um, Counter Championships are usually good for that. Um, well, I'm Usually our pattern is you'll be on for an hour, then you'll get half an hour break. So when I do, I'm usually off to begin with. So I'll just be frantically looking and going, right, I mean, I remember, I think one game I had prepared all these interesting topics and then the Nottinghamshire batters lost four wickets within five overs and everything disappeared, which I had. Um, So that was quite an interesting one. Yeah, I feel, I feel your ordinary apology from Nottinghamshire batters at that exactly. point. You know, all that time wasted. And they could have hung around a bit longer, you know. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, sometimes it's just spontaneous, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And is is there is there a particularly challenging thing, or is it is there is there the hardest part of it for somebody who's, who's thinking of going into it? What what is the bit that you find most difficult in terms of, of commentating? I I guess the most difficult bit is just having to remind yourself not to change anything. You know, you you learn from watching others and listening to others, but actually you've got to go into it and bring something new to the table and. You know, there's the the benefits of when me and Kevin work together we've got obviously the age difference which usually creates a bit of a fun dynamic between us um but you know yeah you've just got to bring a bit of your personality to the table um and that's actually what Kevin said to me before I went on to TMS he went just look at me in the eyes do not change a thing and you know I, I tried not to um I don't think I did um that's probably the hardest bit you know you've just got to be authentic to yourself if anyone's breaking through and you're progressing then you're doing something right at the end of the day so you've just got to stick to it and just keep improving I guess and as I mentioned I think sometimes it's hard to ask people for feedback but you've got to be open to like you know criticism as well because that's the way you'll you'll get better and listening oh this is what I hate the most listening back to commentaries I can't stand my voice I actually you know almost want to apologize for anyone for listening to me that's how much I hate it but a lot of the the feedback I've got is you need to go back and listen to it in order to get better, and um, so that's a nightmarish experience. <laughs> no, that's it's a really good tip though for anybody who is 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 wanting to to do you know to get into commentary and things you know listening back to yourself. I guess it's something that you have to get comfortable with and 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 you know to try and I don't know hear, hear how how things are going and and you know where where to improve. So no, that's, that's a really good tip. Um, but you did you did mention uh, um there about TMS we should get more in depth about that because it it really is a kind of a, a national institution um to be honest and um you know and you had a, a flawless uh, debut and and sounded like it you fit in you know absolutely perfectly so just thinking when you know you, you came on for your first in about 10 10 overs into the game I think yeah. um so how were you how were you feeling with that was was there, were you nervous or were you just it, once you get there are you in the zone or, or yeah how how was you how was the build up to that 
I mean, to begin with, uh, because I only found out it was going the day before, uh, we were in Northam, so suddenly we had the excitement of the Southern Vipers winning, drove two hours back home, went straight to bed, had to leave at 6.30 in the morning to get to Canterbury the next day. Um, so I think I was just really tired. And then I suddenly got there and they were like, oh, you're on at 10 overs. And that's when I just went, oh, bugger, almost in the way. And it, it was obviously a bit different because with um, BBC Solon, I do, we do one over of commentary and then you almost have a bit of an over off when you become the summariser. Um, with TMS, I was just the commentator. So any distinction for anyone listening, you, know, you will do the ball by ball stuff for every over. So I'd suddenly relax and go, oh, thank goodness, end of the over. And then, oh, I'm on again. Um, so that was, you know, it was a, a big concentration thing. So my first stint that everyone was saying to me, you've just got to get through your first five overs. And I remember I was trying to write down stuff just to remember and my hands were going all over the place. And luckily I had Alex Hartley next to me, who I think is probably one of the nicest people in cricket. I was so excited to meet her. I tried to like play it quite cool. But when I got to sit next to her, I was like, oh, this is cool. Um, and yeah, she was really funny. Isabel Westbury as well made me feel so welcome. Everyone made me feel so welcome. Um, and suddenly after that first commentary scene, I just felt a bit more at ease and I mean, I accidentally commentated an entire Nat Siver over calling her Kate Cross, but it happens to everyone. And I mean, I, it was crazy having obviously Phil as a complete stats man and scorer next to you. And that was something to adjust to. And then also having a massive Sky Sports screen to my left, which I don't think I looked at once because I'm just not used to having a screen next to me. But yeah, the, the, nerves, the nerves definitely dissipated a bit across the game. And I've, I think it's like with any kind of like, interview I guess as well you've got to change those nerves into excited nerves and then it becomes a lot easier yeah absolutely and and yeah you you mentioned you you sort of started with with uh, Alex Hartley there who oh yeah absolutely just you know I'm massively jealous of just for you getting to meet her to be honest that's absolutely a you know obviously fellow podcaster um as as, as well as 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 player and commentator and everything else but yeah uh, she, she and the, the rapport you seem to have with her like immediately was you know it, it just felt really natural and you know it, it seemed as though you'd been friends for for a long time but had, had you had a chance to chat beforehand before you went into that first stint or, or was that literally just the kind of on-air chemistry that you had yeah, I mean, we we didn't have too much time before. I showed up a bit later than everyone else um, because there wasn't too much for me to do setting up or before the game started. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think that's full credit to Alex. She is just one of those people who it seems just would gel with anyone in an instant. And they were all, you know, determined to make me feel comfortable. And yeah, she was just absolutely lovely, but just the funniest person. I was having to remind myself not to laugh too loudly because I've got an awful laugh. And if it, you know, I don't think TMS listeners would want to just be hearing that. But yeah, she she was, you know, deserves all the opportunities coming towards her. And I mean, I listened to the Noble's podcast, and that's great as well. But yeah, it was seeing meeting her was really fun. I, I you say you were jealous. I had quite a few of my friends message me as well and go, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit jealous of this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I guess, how, how did the TMS thing come about then? I realise we haven't we haven't actually touched on that. So, yeah, how did was that? Just uh, you said it was only the day before. So, how how did that actually happen? Um, so, I got a message from Alan Mountford, who's the TMS producer. Um, we chatted just a couple times, I think, 
before about quite small things um and he said that a commentator for the england game they had to drop out for personal reasons i think so he was like look it's a dead rubber kind of game there's no pressure but do you fancy doing it it's in canterbury and i was like yes absolutely i mean i wish i'd filled up my tank a bit more because i had a full tank of petrol on saturday and drove to Northampton back in Canterbury and back, and now I've been stranded at my house for the last week. Um, so it was worth not having any petrol now, I'll tell you that. Um, so yeah, it was really quite a, a spur-of-the-moment thing. But as soon as I saw I was actually on air when I got the message through, um, and I completely forgot to commentate two balls right in front of me. So I was just going to Kev going, look what's just come through. It was oh, one of the best moments ever. I mean, the fact that it was only two balls is quite impressive, to be honest, you know, <laughs> that deserves a full, like, 20 minutes of um, getting excited about it, so that, that's amazing, and uh, so I have, I guess, what the plans for the, for the future, what the, what the next steps, obviously the season is, is, is kind of wrapping up um, here uh, now, but yeah, what, what are the plans for next season, are you thinking more commentary, more playing, or a mix of both and everything, are you just taking it one, one bit at a time? Um definitely playing um i'll be looking to hopefully continue to captain hersey park um i've ab- i absolutely loved the year captaining it was the most stressful sundays of my life but it was very rewarding and of course you mentioned our league win i think by 0.002% of a margin in the end um so there was some nice added stress at the end of the season but yeah i wouldn't change a thing i love not having a single sunday free from april to september it's exactly how it should be um and yeah, hopefully just to continue with, I mean, predominantly BBC Solent. Um, not to, you know, can't reveal any massive secrets from what goes behind the scenes at TMS or what I've heard. Because um, there's nothing really confirmed. Um, uh, but Solent, I mean, I've, I've become a diehard Hampshire fan. I can't even explain it. I feel so much just passion towards the team after this season. So hopefully we can continue to do some commentaries with me and Kev because that would be great. I mean, it was it was so frustrating, of course, because they got into T20 finals day and then lost in that first semi. And then in the county championship, just got within one wicket of winning it. But, it, you know, it could be their year next year. So I want to hopefully watch that progress. And same with the Southern Vipers. I mean, they're the team to beat in women's domestic cricket. So I, I feel quite you know, honoured in a way that I get to commentate on that and with a few of my friends in the squad as well, you know, it's really, really, you feel proud when you're sat there commentating on them doing so well and especially Charlie Dean in that England game, that was surreal. Yeah, and that, and that was fantastic. And what, what a way to sort of introduce yourself to, to well, the nation for the most part, apart from you know the, those those local players that would have known her. But yeah, that burst onto the scene, and, and that that's uh, you know a, hopefully long long England career to come um, as as well for her. But is there any other um, tips of, of people for the future that you you think we should look out for and and, and potentially coming onto the England scene uh, at, at some point? I mean. In in the women's game, I can definitely have a bit more information there. Um, Emma Lamb, she made one, she played in one England T20, I think, against New Zealand. But I've watched a few games of her playing and think she could definitely be a you know a top order star for England in the future. Absolutely. Um, Emily Arlott, um, she, when she got taught, called into the women's test squad, I think she didn't play, but she's a a tall, formidable bowler and she gets some insane in swing as well. So I guess. The big things for England ladies at the moment, looking for eventually who will replace Brunt and who will replace Shrubsar. Of course, they've got Cross, but Cross isn't exactly the youngest player as well. So 
it's a really exciting time for these, I guess, younger scene bowlers across the domestic setup. And at the Vipers, I get to watch Tara Norris and Lauren Bow, and those two are really exciting. I mean, Tara Norris is going off to play for America, the American women's team. That's just absolutely crazy to me. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's definitely a few I've picked through. But, I mean, Charlie Dean, I am so excited they brought her up because they've been looking for a genuine off-spinner for so long. And the the amount of turn and bounce she generates, I remember her bowling at me um, in the GS Bowl nursery and she went and got so much bounce, it went and winded me. And I was lying on the floor for about, probably about four minutes. You know, she bowls quite quick. She gets so much mm. turn. And I think there's, I would rather face Catherine Brunt than Charlie Dean out of pure fear of the spin. <laughs> I mean that that's that's quite a, an endorsement, really. So uh, yeah, definitely good stuff to look out for there. Um, in, t- in terms of of just in cricket and the women's game in general, I mean this this summer has been you know quite crazy in terms of the hundreds. I mean, what what was your take on the hundred? That was quite controversial before it got going, and then I think everyone, well, a lot of people seem to get behind it. Um, but yeah, what what's your What's your thoughts on that? Do you think it's a positive thing or, or are you more sceptical? Um, I'm definitely more positive than a, a few of my county commentator uh, colleagues um, around at the other countries. I think uh, there was quite a few. Well, so you did see the pessimism. But I, I guess it's just the separate women's and men's need to look at separately. In terms of men's, I thought it was, you know, brilliant, exciting, um, provided good entertainment. I do think it got a lot of new people into the game, but they've got to sort out the scheduling problems because it you know you don't the fact that the Royal London was being played with almost second 11 teams for some counties it's it's not right we're literally the the world champions of the 50 over format we need to be putting more time and investment into that and I've seen quite a few people drafting what their season should look like and I think in that respect there's a lot for the ECB to work out um as well as just considering making sure a lot of the players don't get injured because so many people have got injured there's been, you know, quite, I'd say, an abnormal amount of retirements. You've just got to, I guess, balance the the playing and stuff. But looking at the women's as a separate thing, I can think of nothing negative whatsoever. But I, I guess a big factor of that is that in the women's setup, there's no particularly strong county affiliations. But since the creation of the KSL, it has been a franchise setup, and most women supporters will have a franchise they feel quite passionate about. So for them, you know, they've been able to bring in supporters. There's not that much of a difficulty between the county stuff and the the domestic stuff. But, I mean, I I went to, I think, three or four games in the end, and some of the crowds for the women's game to begin with. I've I've never seen crowds like that before. And actually, I've been speaking to a few of my friends who have been playing the same amount of time as me, and it almost makes us quite emotional in the sense that in our you know, in the next 10, 5, 10 years, we've never expected this to happen. That there is, you know, if you want, you're you a girl cricketer, you can make a career out of playing cricket and you don't have to play for England. It's absolutely crazy to me. And, you know, it's really affirming to know that young girls can now pursue that as a career and it will only get better and better. Because I think they're, they're planning on handing out more domestic contracts. Um, so that's absolutely fantastic. But, yeah, it it was brilliant and now you know a few more women's players have become household names I mean the game I went to at Canterbury was such a good crowd in even for late September um and I think people are just you know being really supportive of the women's game they've seen what the girls can do now and I guess it's just coming to that point of right I think you can't 
Oh, it's hard to explain. I, it's good to make progress, but I think you can't ask for too much at once. The, what the hundred has achieved this year has definitely ticked off a small amount, but there's things that have got to be done on both sides. There needs to be, for example, more televised women's games. There needs to be more money put into their their training, their coaching, everything. But ultimately, the players as well now, if they want to be given the same platform and stand as the men, you know, the fielding, for example, that's got to get better. The running between the wickets has got to get better. And both sides have a part to play in just elevating women. So hopefully somewhere near the men's game. I mean, it's crazy how much has happened in the last five years and how much could happen in the next five years. Yeah, and, and that's right. And I think that there's huge potential. Um, and, and yeah, it, it, it's, yeah, it, it, it's really exciting. And I think, I think one of the, the really positive things that, that, that we saw from, from the hundred was the fact that there was televised women's cricket on terrestrial TV and it was live on, on BBC two with breaking all kinds of records in terms of, of, of viewers and, um, I don't know about you, but for my, my phone was blowing up on that on that first game because it was it started the very first game of the hundred was the women's game and it was a really exciting game and there were people who I've never spoken to about cricket but they obviously know I like it they have no interest in it and they would text me like oh I get it this is really good and it was you know, a really positive thing and I think that's that's what you've got to try and build on for the momentum um, you know yeah, I mean, for next season I guess. Absolutely. I mean, we had, I spoke about those players who some of the girls at university joined mainly for the social aspect more than the cricket, but they were messaging our group chat going, this is the first time I've properly understood the rules. I am there going, I've been trying to explain the rules for two years, but it's great. I mean, having just the the very simple equation of how many runs, how many balls, it, it was good. And it was good to see a lot of you know the the girls I know going this is exciting I mean I think I had one of my housemates who has never I lived with her for a whole year she never expressed really much interest in cricket whatsoever I got a message from her when I was watching the hundred of the final going this is good isn't it I can't wait to see you know Jordan bowl in the final and I was like hang on a second what this is absolutely mental so as you say it's just brought so many I you know I think it it has been there's issues to address but it's overwhelmingly been a, been a success yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for, for, for joining us. I am going to let you go at some point very shortly, but I've got, I've got a, a couple of uh, a questions for you, I guess. If you were in charge of the ECB, if you could do anything you had, carte blanche, full power to do whatever you wanted, what, what's, the, what's the biggest change that you would like to see, particularly for the women's game, but in, in cricket in general, but particularly for, for the women's game? That's a big question. Yeah, this is, this is the one to put me on the spot. Goodness. Um, I mean... Focusing with, I mean, my first thing for the men's all of that scheduling problems, sorting it out, um, re rearrange a tour to Pakistan would be lovely. Um, I really need some cricket in that time, but I, I guess I would work on conciliation with the counties, think how we can make them feel comfortable with the new format would be good. For the women's, it's just got to be, you know, let's just get them some more fixtures and test match fixtures. There is not a single women's player, I think, who you would speak to and say they are, you know, they want to play test matches. I think there was a crazy statistic that the New Zealand ladies, the White Ferns, the last time they played a test, you know, even Susie Bates and Sophie Devine weren't playing in it. So their entire cricketing careers, I think they're in their 30s maybe now, they have never played a test match. And of course, the India-Australia match going on at the moment, we had the India-England one early in the season. It's exciting and, you know, a, a lot of the, the female players want to play, you know, Red Bull cricket. So that would be something I think I'd be looking more towards. And 
hopefully encouraging a bit more and just yeah more fixtures I think um one more thing I would probably add as well is that obviously in the women's now counties have become a bit obsolete so you've got these domestic setups the the vipers the thunder the storm all of that and then you have club cricket I think one thing they've just got to to cater for is allowing a transition from club cricket into domestic structures if you're not already in it because a lot of the girls from the counties half of them have gone into these domestic setups half of them have gone back down to club and suddenly I for example by myself I've gone down to club and suddenly you find yourself not training you were training three times a week and now you're not training um you're just playing on Sundays there's not proper warm-ups most of the time there's some pretty dodgy pitches you're playing on and it feels almost impossible, even that say me, I'm only 21 and I'm going, there's no chance of me ever being able to get back in that setup. So, I mean, there's been a few people proposing what can be done, but I just think some transparency between, you know, if a player, for example, did get into a, a domestic setup and then got moved back down to club, is there a way for her to get back up? And I think Tash Farrant's a really good example of that because she obviously got called up to England, then got dropped from the squad for a few years, went back to club and county and kind of reconciliated. Now she's back in the England squad. That's brilliant. And I think that's a true success story. But there's got to be a, a way to make sure that, you know, if you get into the domestic setup on one of these regional teams at age 14 and you keep progressing up, there's got to be some help for the club cricketers going on on the side but I could I could be biased as a club cricketer <laughs> nothing wrong with that at all and 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 did say I was going to let you go but I think there's a few things I definitely want to pick up on there and I absolutely could keep you talking all day and uh, I try not to um but absolutely on on the women's test side of things that I mean, I don't understand why there aren't more women's test matches out there. I think the world is crying out for 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 that now. And and yeah, there's some there's some really shocking statistics out there. And as you say, the the Australia India um, test that's ongoing at the moment. I think it's it's something like twenty odd years or something since Australia played a test that wasn't against England, and it's absolute madness. Um, so yeah, definitely fully behind you on the campaign for that one. And you know, for for, for me, I mean, I, I love all forms of cricket, but Test match cricket is the pinnacle of where we want to get to, and to have women playing that is absolutely where we have, and we have the quality of players there as well. So there's no reason why we shouldn't. So definitely, yeah. um, definitely want to to get on that. Um, and it's really interesting what you're saying about the structures and the, the trying to work sort of back in and and that. And I guess that that's a sort of one area. So you're obviously in club cricket at the moment. Is that your ambition? Is do you want to try and get to that to that next step and into the sort of the franchise world, or are you looking at other options? Yeah, what, what, where, what, what's your 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 plan with that? Because it is a really difficult structure at the moment. And and yeah, I think probably if you'd asked about 19 year old Melissa, just as I, I so I had a stress fracture in 2018 completely had to play no cricket for over the winter didn't train or anything um and when I felt like I got back into it I felt I was a bit behind the ball game and then suddenly you're out of the system and you're back into club cricket with not as much support so yeah I guess just a um a more transparent route for these structures to actually look at the performance of someone in the club season and not be so rigid with their selection you know if someone's done had a really good season for club cricket bring them into the fold for that next season even if you don't play them for a game let them experience what it's like within that more professional setup and actually you might be surprised that someone you could never have expected or been on the radar as would suddenly with the right training and support and facilities 
has the potential to become a really good player. And I mean, I think Jake Lintop, that's a perfect example in the men's game of someone who, you know, thought that his career kind of was over in that respect. He mainly had gone back for teaching and playing for minor counties in a sense. And now he's Warwickshire 100 finalist and playing in the Caribbean Premier League. So for, I guess in women's and men's, you know, it's got to, these squads can't be 100% rigid. It's got to be holding players accountable with their central contracts. If they're not performing, reconsider it. Bringing someone fresh, bringing someone new can just take a chance on new players because I know a lot of girls I play against in our Premier League for club, they are really good. And, you know, some people should be, be given a chance. But I, I think on a personal note, I think my, my time has probably passed in that respect. But I playing for my club, you know, brings me that fun, which I'm looking for. Um, the, the social aspect of it, especially, and the challenges of captaining. It's a really good standard. It ticks all my boxes. And now I guess my focus is a bit more on the, the broadcasting side and slowly learning out how to do law at university. <laughs> well, um, you've sort of you've sort of hinted potentially there might be more more broadcasting, potentially more TMS things coming up for you in, in future, hopefully. if Again, I'm going to give you full power of, of, of the word there. You can commentate on any match in the world what what would be what would be your, your pick of pick of the match that you would uh, ultimately want to commentate on? Ashes. It's got to be the Ashes. I mean, I, I was going to say actually how much I love the you know the women's multi format kind mm. of thing, and I think every women's tour should have the same sense of five ODIs and T20s and a test. Um, I mean, men's Ashes as well. That'd be absolutely wonderful. I'm not quite sure I'm I'm there yet, but um, yeah, I'm obsessed with all the Ashes series. I mean, I used to pretend to be ill and so I could skip off school and watch the 2005 box set, which I was only five when it happened. But for some reason, I could memorise and tell you every single bowling, who was bowling, who won what test. Um, so yeah, it's, it's got to be the Ashes. Excellent. Yeah, definitely. As uh, terrifying that you were only five when that happened, but um, we're going to try and <laughs> move on past that before I um, before I get too stressed out by how old I am now and and and, and watching that. But uh, yeah, absolutely no, that's fantastic. And and thank you for 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 giving me so much of your time uh, to talk about cricket, which is the favourite thing that I have to do uh, on on a daily basis. So um, thank you for that. It's been really good um, of you to join me and to talk all things cricket. Um, and hopefully do stay in touch and we will potentially get you back on another time that would be wonderful thank you for talking no worries thank you and now we have it what a lovely lovely person she is possibly my i know she said that alex hartley is the nicest person in cricket there i genuinely think she is up there with that title she is she is just so lovely um we got talking all things free. I genuinely could have stayed chatting to her for hours and hours and hours. And yeah, she's just got some really interesting thoughts about cricket, you know, fan of the hundred as well, which yep. we have definitely been converted into as well, thinking that, you know, that's doing great things for for women's cricket. And, you know, women's cricket yep. is, is just growing massively. As she said there about her university team, which is, you know, grown massively over, over the last couple of years and stuff that women's cricket is, is, is growing hugely and, and yeah it's going to be really interesting to see what happens in the next couple of years i hope so and uh yeah i think there's a lot of late comers to the hundred but um i think this just goes to so you can hear the kind of passion and, and stuff like that that it's all looking on the up and um, as we come to the next season the end of this season hopefully next year we see some see some more yeah. more exciting games yeah and really really interesting stuff she was talking about there with um the tms and the commentary and 
how she got into that. And I mean, can you imagine, like, you're 21 years old and you're broadcasting to to, to the nation yeah. um, on an international an international women cricket game? I mean, I can't imagine the nerves there. That's just <laughs> absolutely nuts. And yeah, but uh, she did it, and I, I, you know, I was listening to to that game. Um, I was listening to her commentary on, on on the game and we knew we had this this interview coming up. I thought, to be honest, by that point, I thought she's going to be way too big for us now. She's not going to she's never going to come and talk to us at this point. But um, I'm really pleased that she did. Um, but she is just such a pro at doing that. And yeah, it's phenomenal at 21 to yeah. Have, world, world is her oyster very much. Definitely no. a very, very bright young lady um, in the cricketing world. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's probably it for now for us, but um, we have got a bit of fun moving forward. We're going to be more organised. We're going to be more regular. That yep. sounds unfortunate. We're going to be more recording more <laughs> regularly. There we are. That's, that's better for, for us. Um, and uh, yeah, we're going to be back. We're going to try and aim for every two weeks. And, you know, in a classic wrong end of the stick style, we've missed most of the summer because, you know, when all the cricket's happening and we're now going to start recording regularly when the season's pretty much over. So, you know, that's, that seems, L- seems lots fair. of international cricket though. For all there is lots of international listeners. cricket. There's, there's, <laughs> there's, there's no, England aren't going to Pakistan as they plan to, which is unfortunate, but yeah, uh, never mind. Um, you know, next time, but let's just hope the ashes happen. So eh? that's, that's the big one. That's the big uh, one. I know there's lots of, talk about that and covid and australia and lockdowns and families going and all kinds of stuff but we'll get into that in a couple of weeks when we start hoping to look forward to to the ashes and and see what's coming up yes hopefully a few people are out and back from injury and hopefully we can have a bit of a bit of a reshuffle or a bit of an energized team going into the going into the autumn and winter for the ashes but lots of good stuff to look to to look forward to hearing and um yeah hopefully our, our new plan of attack will we'll actually be you know applying a little bit of we can be organized let's just i'll just put that out there sometimes we do plan um, Some, sometimes we do it's 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 a rare event it's a bit like it's a, it's you know it's event. a bit like a solar eclipse you don't see it often when you do it's really spectacular so it is know. yes <laughs> that's a good analogy yeah that's 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 how much we plan um you know it's, <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna try. We're gonna be focused and on it um, in the coming weeks. And if you don't see another podcast from us for another month or so, you'll know it failed miserably. So, oh <laughs> uh, dear. But yes, we're gonna take our you know inspiration from Melissa, and we're gonna try and be organised and on it and talking to you guys a lot more. So if you have got any thoughts or comments if you would like to um get in touch with us please do so we are on twitter at wrong end podcast we are also on instagram at wrong end podcast or you can email us wrong end of the stick at hotmail.com um if you would also like to uh follow melissa on twitter she is relatively active on twitter um and she is melissa g story s-t-o-r-y on twitter as well so do go and give her a follow as well i mean she's already got tons more followers than we have obviously um but um and if you want to follow someone on twitter who knows what they're talking about cricket she is definitely the person to go to so yes um fo- follow her meteoric rise and, and taking over the world of cricket commentary <laughs> awesome stuff well sounds really good i hope everyone enjoys uh, the interview with jonathan and melissa and yeah we will see you in a couple of weeks for uh, episode 70 yeah but creeping ever closer to that century 
ever closer. It's just, it's always going to be it was always going to be uh, a, a slow one us getting to a century, but we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> I mean, it, it seemed unlikely that it was ever going to happen, but you never know. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. Um, do get in touch with us, and that's uh, it. See you next time. See you next time. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.